0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at the com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Needs, a Cancer Diagnosis, Adaptogens for Long Life, and Abundantly Well Companion Course.
4: Hello, Susan. How are you this evening?
2: Just fine. I just realized I hadn't pushed one.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, I know your number now, so... (laughs) I get
2: you. So you knew I was here. Wonderful. Oh, wow. We're continuing to have a really blessed and beautiful, uh, autumn experience here. This is the time when we can really be ripped by uh, hurricanes and tornadoes and other forces of nature shall we say and it's been pretty beneficent the rains that we've had and the little bits of the hurricanes that have brushed past us and um, I was able to order some dried metal oh
4: good it's yes, hard to find was, right
2: now that was one of the highlights of the week um, mm-hmm. and in fact just in um, went online to look, and she found. Um, I think it's Hungarian organic nettle from Hungary for fifteen dollars a pound.
4: Wow, that's good. I found it for twenty, and yeah, that's for Mountain Rose. They, there's a source through Hungary always, so I wonder if it's the same source. But <laughs> yeah, interesting. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. So Seems like I, they would have a would, similar climate. I would
2: climate. Guess it was some COVID-related hang up about getting the, the nettle into the States.
4: And yeah. So that I mean, production is down for so many things. Like I've been having a hard time getting canning jars. Like that's a big thing that I've been looking all over for. And yeah, hard to find, I guess they went out of production because of COVID and they're not planning on being having like their regular production up until next canning season is what they're saying is what people are saying. So
2: I also heard that there were just, you know, a lot, lot more people uh, canning.
4: Yeah, there's that, too, of course, yeah. But you would think that they would up their production. I mean, is it really? I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's that, too. I I
2: will say (laughs) the only people who have said to me, oh, my, I can't buy any canning jars are people who don't can. Oh, okay. Right. Because if you can you have always far too many canning jars.
4: Yeah. I use them and then I distribute them as well, so <laughs> So I'm always I have the ones that I use yes. for my personal use that I like, like circulate through my home. But then yeah, this year I did up my canning because I started making some things that I don't typically make too. So Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Like the applesauce and yeah. That's pretty much it. And plum sauce. (laughs)
5: Yay, plum sauce. Ooh, so good, so good. It is so good. good.
4: Mm, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I would would just like to... We have been tossing and turning here on the horns of the dilemma of how do we vote? I mean, given that each and every one of you is going to go out and vote, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. who you vote for. What's really important is that you vote. But how are we going to vote? Are we going to go on Election Day masked, right, and stand in line? Well, I don't know what's going on out there, but here in New York, they have created um, for the two weeks, which includes this week and and next week up until the election, um, two full weeks of uh, you can walk in and vote before Tuesday.
4: Oh, wow.
0: And yeah, here we get our ballots
4: mailed to us, and then we can drop them in a, ma- a ballot box. Uh-huh. Or mail and them you, in.
2: Right. So you can do early, or you can do on the regular day, or you can get mm-hmm. a mail-in ballot.
6: hmm
2: And what people are advising us that the actual safest thing to do is to take your mail-in ballot to the polling place. hmm Deposit it there. Don't mail it back. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Mm
2: -hmm. So if you haven't heard that yet, let's continue to circulate that important information. Uh, So You won't have to stand in line, at least not here in New York. You have your mail-in ballot all filled out. You go to the polling place, either the early polling place or the regular one, and you are sent right to the head of the line and allowed to just put your ballot in the slot and leave.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Which, of course, is one of the like. Ooh, I'm not so sure I want to go and stand in line with lots of people. Is one of one of the things, of course, that we're all facing.
4: Right, right, yeah.
2: So, in Oregon, are there actual polling places that are going to be open on Tuesday?
4: See, we just have uh, like drop boxes. So you can we don't go to like any polling like in person you never polling place. I never have I never have, have no. or this is just different for this year No we never have. We don't we that's I've never ha- gone to a, a polling um place. It's all it's all been by mail the whole time I've lived in Oregon. Or you know like or you drop it off at a at a at a, at a box, yeah. Mhm.
2: Uh-huh.
4: Mhm. Yep.
2: <laughs> so, so COVID hasn't changed that electoral process in Oregon.
4: It has not, no. That's reassuring. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that I don't know. I've you know, like this whole voting thing it's like giving given the options and everything is. Um, I've definitely been uh, feeling so many different things about everything, and yeah so but we all must vote so <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: there are there are um countries and places I where I've been where if you don't vote you're fined mhm so they really want people to vote and uh, I think it's important to counter any apathy or any sense of I don't counter my vote doesn't count um, by acknowledging that a big snowdrift is composed of individual snowflakes.
4: Mm-hmm. So, uh, so just moving not in not the of the ones that are flying around. Of... Even if it's not, <laughs> even if it's yeah. not, um, yeah, we're yeah. not going exactly where we want to go. <laughs> yeah, we're right. moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
2: Vote. Encourage those around you to vote. It's coming up. Very next time we talk.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Meanwhile, oh,
2: yeah. motherwort well. is booming its head off here, flowering, 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 and wow. many of the men are really just saying, oh, "What a nice, long, luxurious autumn." The catnip is thriving. The lemon balm is thriving. The only thing that's that it is gone is the shiso.
4: Mm, yeah. they
2: Right. The mints. The mints are going to town. But you know, the after dinner mint on the de- in, on the deck in its pot. The mentha arvensis out in the field. The field mint and you know, <clears throat> and they they're all just chugging along, but the Shiso, as soon, as soon as it started to get cold, the Shiso said, so long, goodbye. I'll see you next year. Mm.
4: Yeah, they get those real translucent leaves there. <laughs> yeah, They're, they're ready
0: Whoop, to go. And then
4: the leaves I just know. like fall off.
2: hmm
4: So what have you been up I to? I have... Um, been making all kinds of stuff for my shop and, you know, just uh, getting ready for fall. And I just wanted to mention to everybody about my my Etsy store that I have a bunch of stuff in there that's new and, um, you know, I'm always constantly adding stuff to it. So if they want to take a look there, um, it's etsy.com backslash shop backslash nourish wholeness. And um, I've been working a lot with Hawthorne this week, and I plan on making a lot more kind of, I'm filling into some heart remedies. And, like, I just posted a recipe for cacao on my Instagram and Facebook page, just a simple recipe that you can um, do a little simple meditation with your heart. And um open your heart with some nice warming cacao, and you can add some like hawthorn or shashandra or Rishi, as I suggest, and you can use like your herbal honeys in there, and um yeah, so feeling like really uh, settling into the heart lately and uh, filling just with everything going on, like to be able to like vibrate from that that center point. Um, feeling like warmed and a sense of love and nourishment there is like really important. So, um, yeah, that's, I've been thinking about that just right before I was on the radio. Um, I posted that. So if anybody wants to check out my Instagram, you can go to nourish wholeness and I plan on posting some more, uh, recipes now that we're getting into some colder weather and, um, people have been requesting that from me. And so and then my Facebook is Rebecca Rosell. So check me out. <laughs> hey, look me over, and lend me your ears. <laughs> <laughs> and I am I was also thinking about um I had mentioned that I had some claustrophobia coming up uh, around when the smoke was here and all the fires and then last week you, you, you had said something like, you never know when that claustrophobia is going to hit. And it just, it sparked like this, like, yeah. Like, do you have ways, like, when you, like, if you've experienced that, it sounded like you have, that you, that help you work through, like, that kind of anxiety, like, get me out of here, flight or fight kind of thing that happens in those moments?
2: There are many ways. To help yourself out of that from taking some motherwort tincture to mm-hmm. focusing on a color and you choose one color and you can just choose you know like a, a co- color overall that anytime you're in trouble that's going to be your color or you can choose a different color each time something comes up and when mm-hmm. when that feeling Seems to overwhelm you you say the name of the color you look at the color you imagine the air is tinted that color you really make yourself that color and you know the way the mind works it can really only focus on one thing at a time
0: Mm-hmm.
2: so if you really give yourself over to the color you won't be claustrophobic
4: you'll be that color Okay. I will try that the next time. I I have heard you say that before, but I did not remember in the time that that was happening <laughs> to use that. So now now it's fresh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And those
2: mm-hmm. those are the experiences that build compassion because compassion is really about um, being okay with ourselves when oh I didn't remember that. And I remember my teacher, Gay Luce, and her, some hydraulic line busted on her car, and, like, she put on the brake, and it didn't work. And she slammed into this tree, and as she was hurtling toward the tree, she said, Now, wait a second. What is the prayer I'm supposed to say for reincarnation? And then, bam, she hit the tree and woke up in the hospital, and she said, Darn, if I had just remembered that prayer in time, I could have been out of here.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's hard to remember up. in those moments what to do for well, yourself, those moments, you know? right.
2: It's like, what,
0: what?
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> well, well, tonight, tonight, we are going to be talking with Kathleen Gubutosi, and uh, she does so many different things, including being an expert instructor for Inspired Living University and... Creatrix of the magic of voice, me. She wants us to live the life of our dreams by connecting to the most potent gift on earth, your voice. That's at 9 o'clock. Stick with us until then or come back and hear Kathleen Gubutosi.
4: Mm-hmm. And no no discredit to her bio saying potent, but I've just noticed after you um, had mentioned the meaning of that word, how much it is used in like new, like in spiritual talk and in herbal medicine. And like it is used so much, like almost everybody uses the word potent in their in. When they're talking about like a plant or a you know like spiritual practice or
3: something,
4: <laughs> it's mm-hmm, so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's used quite a bit. It's like it really sparked my um, my in that. So very interesting. Yes, and good we for just have you. a couple. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right, because you know potent, potent. There's nothing wrong with potent. Potent is wonderful, right? We love potent, and it's a very um, male force word to be potent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? If if we were to ask, you know, a group of ordinary people, right, it, when it comes to potency, which sex are we talking about? I think almost everybody would say men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're not wrong to it, to think that it's culturally identified that way. So if we're always looking for it, What is it that we aren't looking for? What's the other side of that yin-yang? Right. That potent, sunny, bright side is the light, you know, is so obvious. What about the fertile, receptive, dark side?
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Right. I sometimes tease that I'm not as interested in the active ingredients as in plants, as I am in the passive ingredients.
4: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of taking like the like the multifaceted like multi. I just feel like plants are so multifaceted. Like to try to sum that up into like a <laughs> coherent, understandable, uh, you know, statement for people. You know. So I think that potent's a, a an easy word to like to grab at, but yeah, I've been thinking about it more. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. And you said yeah. we had some uh, people with their hands raised. People who pushed one.
4: Yeah, we just have a couple people. So yeah, make sure to press one to ask your question, and we'll go to our first caller in the eight one nine area code. Second mm-hmm. one.
2: Or
7: else
2: Hello eight one nine. Are you? Hi. Hi. Hello.
7: Hi, how are you? you? Hi, how are you?
2: Yeah, go ahead. Talk to me.
7: Um, I'm 13 years old, and I call tonight because um, I tremble a lot. Like um, I shake. Like my hands, uh, they always shake every day. And um, I was wondering if there was any um, well. Like ideas that you could give me to maybe like help it a bit, control it.
2: This shaking of your hands, does it have to do with Parkinson's disease?
7: Um, that's it. I was talking to my mom. I wanted to go and uh, check it out with a doctor, uh, but she she uh, suggests, she suggested that I talk to you first, and uh, just to see. Uh, we're not sure yet.
2: Uh Uh-huh. And you're about how old now? Excuse me? If you don't mind my asking, you're about how old?
7: Uh, I'm 13 years old. 13? Yeah.
2: It's very unlikely that it's Parkinson's disease, which is thought to be a reduction in the amount of uh, dopamine in the brain that, seems to be far more prevalent in people who are owned. So this trembling and shaking in your hands has been going on for how long? Uh,
7: it's been going on for about a year now.
2: Mm-hmm. And if you can think back to near the time when it started, was there any change or disappointment or anything that you can kind of remember that had an emotional impact on you?
7: Uh, No, I was uh, downhill skiing with my friend and uh, she noticed it and that's when we started noticing it.
2: Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is not right at the time. We're not looking for a causative thing. We're looking for something that might have happened three to six months before.
5: Uh,
2: No,
7: there was nothing.
2: So you... Didn't change schools. You didn't start menstruating. You didn't um, have a girlfriend betray you. N- none of those made your life. Yeah, I I went into high school
7: now. I yeah I started high school.
2: You started high school. Yeah. Mhm. And the reason I'm asking is that what I understand is that my body, in a way, has a life that's a little separate from or different from the life of my mind. Okay. And that when my body is doing something that is disturbing to me, I always have a choice between doing my best to make my body stop doing that thing that disturbs me or doing my best to see if I can understand how maybe that disturbance is um, a message from my body about something that I'm not paying atten- attention to or enough attention to. Okay. I know for myself that when I started high school, the whole nature of the peer pressure really changed. And um, it wasn't just for me. So uh, trembling we usually think of as a sign of what emotion Stress? Stress is not an emotion.
7: Um, anger?
2: So if you see someone trembling, you think they're angry. That's certainly possible. Most of the time when we see someone shaking and trembling, we think that they're afraid, yes. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And there's a lot to be afraid of. There's a lot to be afraid of in COVID days. And there's a lot to be afraid of growing up as a woman in this world at this time. hundred and twenty-five years ago, women, girls, your age took to their beds because it's just too frightening the choices that they saw open to them which was either mother or spinster in a way almost worse because now even more choices are open so you're right when you talk about stress but stress, after all, is what makes a bridge go across a river, isn't it? Yeah. And stress is what allows a skyscraper to rise up into the sky. So we don't yeah. want to avoid stress. We want to recognize stress. And we want to use stress to help us get over things and help us rise up.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: And one of the yeah. ways we we can do that. It's not the only way, but one of the ways we can do that is to say to our body, I see that you're in fear. What can I do to reassure you?
5: Okay.
2: And as an herbalist, you may have just heard Rebecca and I talking about motherwort tincture, yes. and mother, motherwort tincture made from the fresh flowering tops of the plant can be used in doses ranging anywhere from five drops to twenty five drops to strengthen the nervous system to help it. Use stress productively. Okay. Our Tai Chi teacher tells the story of being in a therapy workshop, and part of the therapy workshop was using a punch pillow, and you selected somebody you wanted to punch, and they held the punch pillow, and you punched the punch pillow. But it was like you were punching them. So he selected this person who he thought was flirting with with his wife. And everybody in the, the therapy group knew that the Tai Chi teacher was also a black belt in Aikido. And so when he, you know, came up to the punch pillow to, before he punched it, he kind of did a few, like, you know, Aikido moves. And the man he chosen to hold the punch pillow fainted. So he never got to punch. When the man came back to consciousness. (laughs) He said to my Tai Chi teacher, okay, now I want you to hold the punch pillow and I'm going to punch you. And my Tai Chi teacher was a little brother. He had older brothers. And anybody who's had older brothers is going, hey, because older brothers can be mean. Older sisters can be meaner, but older brothers can be very, very mean. So... (laughs) He's holding the punch pillow, and he's, like, gritting his teeth and saying, I'm the little brother. I can get through it. I can get through it. Right? And the leader of the therapy group came over to him, and he said, Try fear. Let the fear be present. And instead of gritting his teeth and saying, I can take it, he opened his eyes, and he he felt the fear of about to be Getting punched. So it changed his life. I'm not suggesting that you hide under the bed in abject fear, but I'm suggesting that it's okay to acknowledge that fear is at the table. Okay. Welcome to the grown up table. Some of the dishes are very unsavory, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> Are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions?
7: Uh well, I'm drinking oat straw, red clover, linden and nettle.
2: Mhm. So you're drinking a different one of those every day. Yeah. Excellent. And you're continuing to eat a broad and varied diet. Yeah. Wonderful. Do you feel any particular closeness to any one of the elements?
7: Of the elements? Mhm. Um. Uh, water,
2: I guess. Mhm. Mhm. So, are your hands? Do your hands tremble all the time?
7: Yeah. Mhm.
2: I'd like you to see if putting your hands in still water or under running water changes it and how it changes it. Okay. I can sense that this is disturbing to you. And I think that water can be your ally to help change it. But you'll need to experiment a little to see if that's true.
7: Okay. All
2: right.
7: Okay. Yeah, thank you so much.
2: Thanks for calling. Green blessings. Good night.
7: Thanks.
2: Bye.
4: The next caller is coming from the 845 area code. Hello. 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 Hello.
8: Hi. Hi, this is Tatiana. Hi, Suzun.
0: Hi Tatyada.
8: So, uh the good news is uh my allergy season has been a lot lighter this year. Um and I feel very strongly that it has to do with a year of tinctures and um infusions that you recommended that I take. And um I I'm still sleepy more than usual, but the congestion uh, is is much, much lighter. Um, sneeze barely, and uh, I'm not sore, and my eyes don't itch really. I feel a lot better. I also stopped um, taking two pills a day, a day for my um, blood pressure, and I take only half the dose. And I feel a lot better because of that also. I'm not so uh, oppressed and dizzy and drowsy that I used to be. And I feel I'm really lightening up. Uh, The only thing that I want to ask you today is about my breathing. My breathing is shallow. And if I stand or walk, it's extremely... Fast, like I can count one to intake and two and, and 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 one to exhale it 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 it's extremely rapid and of course not deep, and I relate that of course i'm overweight, and that has something to do with my heart's working hard to carry me around, but also the The breathing is part of me feeling exhausted after walking barely a few minutes. But I do go to the post office. I do up and down the stairs, um, mostly 120 up and 120 down. Um, I rest in between. Last uh, time it was... Very, very wet, I don't know if that was yesterday or two days ago. It was so humid I could barely drag myself to fifty six steps and um I did uh I do exercise every day um it's it, it's a a mode of 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 feldenkrais style of just moving my joints and my lower back and stretching and Kind of checking in very gently, it feels wonderful. I didn't have that habit of taking care of myself in this way. I was doing Feldenkrais before I would teach, and I would do it the way the choreographers do before the performance. So if the performance is 15 minutes, the repetition of of the routine is about 3 to 5 minutes. So uh, now I let myself sink into the feeling of my pain, and I think it is helpful. Still, my right hip is not liking to to go, to walk, to move, to stand, but uh, the pain also diminished substantially. So the question is, if there is, I'm doing some breathing exercises which is basically very gentle nasal breathing and I heard a lot of lectures on the YouTube lately that have to do with how important it is to breathe through the nose, not only for the COVID that it creates a, um, a curtain of protection breathing through the nose, but um, for general health, is there something I can do to deepen my breathing? It is truly, you know, my oxygen intake that if it's increased in a natural way can increase my stamina to some extent.
2: In your explorations, have you... Come across alternate nostril breathing.
8: Oh yes, yeah. I I did many at the time. I were, I I did for years integral yoga when I was in New York. I loved that style because it's about stretching and feeling and not pushing and not straining. The effortless style is something that I need very much for my own healing. And. Um, I I like the idea of breathing almost normally through the nose and exhaling longer and staying empty for a while. That seems to be comfortable.
2: Yes, I would agree. I would say that if you're going to do alternate nostril breath, and it has indeed been scientifically established to do virtually all the things that you're asking about, right?, to improve uh cardiovascular function to uh, help to improve oxygenation of the blood um, that, you mean that, that as you're saying, I would have your exhale be twice as long as your inhale
7: yeah in I fact
2: that. i would yeah. I would suggest, um depending on where you're at um you could start with a count of four to exhale and then. Inhale for two and then hold for two. Yeah. And exhale for four. Yes. And
8: yeah.
2: inhale for two and hold for two.
8: That's, I do it I do a little more. I do three six three or uh four six four exhalation. Yeah.
2: Wonderful. Wonderful. Excellent. Excellent. So let's see four six four. That's um actually inhaling and holding longer than you're exhaling. And what I'm wanting you to do is to exhale for twice as long as you're inhaling and holding.
8: Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, the four is the inhale. Uh, exhale would be eight, but I'm doing six right now. And I then I, um, I am holding empty for four counts.
2: Right. And so what I'm suggesting is if you're exhaling for six, then inhale for three and hold for three.
8: Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the most comfortable for me.
2: Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. So to the caller before, I said that most of us at some point have to acknowledge that the life of the mind and the life of the body are somewhat separate and perhaps different. And the life of the mind is nimble and active and able to understand um, for far uh, longer often than the body can do that. And it can be very frustrating and difficult to see the body not being able to do what we think it needs to do. I think you're doing a really good job, Tanya, of taking care of yourself.
6: You have a real
2: commitment to a good lifestyle. You have a really good attitude. And it can be frustrating and disappointing for any of us that um, there are no magic wands that we can wave and make everything the way our mind thinks it could be.
8: Thank you. I, I have to say that without your help, I would not have done this for one entire year. And of course, I, I, I keep doing it. It, it feels, it, it feels natural. It feels comforting. Uh, about the breath, I would ask you, for how long? I, I'm doing five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night.
2: That's an excellent. Time,
8: like I like that. <laughs> I always, I, I'm always suspicious about my inability to perform perfectly. <laughs> 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 so I thought maybe I should do ten minutes in the morning and ten minutes at night.
2: Well, we like. heard the story of the woman who did it for twenty-four hours and was enlightened, right? <laughs>
8: thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, Susan. And cream, blessing to, to Tanya. Bye-bye.
2: Tatiana. Tatiana, thank you.
4: Thanks. The next caller is coming from the 208
3: area code. Hello. Hi. Oh, let me put you on speaker so I can hear you. Uh, My name is Michelle, and... I have a friend who just loves, loves, loves your tinctures, and I started a nutrition class this semester, and I was talking to her about all these awesome foods, and she's like, you need to know about tincture, or not tinctures, sorry, infusions. And so I had a couple questions about them. All right. All right. So I... I believe I did it right. I have some oat straw and I did one ounce in a quart of water, boiling water. Let it sit Uh, overnight.
2: You weighed up ounce on a scale.
3: Yes. And then let it sit overnight and then strained out the oat straw and I've been drinking the liquid all day. Wonderful. Is that how we do that? Awesome. And so what my question is, I know earlier in your podcast you had talked about the potency of these different herbs and kind of the vastness of it and how it's hard to describe all the different elements and potentials, but where I'm learning about all of these different compounds and minerals and vitamins, I was curious if you do have that information because I would love to have it. Um, for example, I saw on your website that there's 300 milligrams of calcium and a tincture in a, or, sorry, in an infusion, and I was wondering if that was like cups or for the whole amount. Um, so yeah, I just kind of want to go down the list and get as much info as I can from you.:
2: I hear you, how wonderful and scientific, but I'm going to um, see you and raise you one here. So tell me about this. In your training, and your studies, when you've studied minerals, what can you tell me? Let's just choose, for instance, calcium. So elemental calcium. Can the body use elemental calcium?
3: So I will um, give you a little background on myself. This is my... This is just an elective course. Um, this is basically just getting to know what nutrients are out there. It's a nutrition 101. No, and no you
2: don't I, know much of anything at all about minerals.
3: No, no, I don't. But
7: what
2: I right, uh, wanted let to me, let, you, me, let me give you just a little background in minerals because I think it will help you a lot, and it will help you sort fact from fiction in the course. Okay. Yeah, and you remember back to whatever grade it was with the um the periodic table of elements up there on the wall. And calcium is an element and iron's an element and magnesium's an element and potassium's an element and sodium's an element. These are all elements, right? Yes. Okay. Elements are non interactive. Elements are atoms with stable electron clouds. In order to interact with any living tissue, that mineral has to combine with something else. So we could take, for instance, chloride, which is poisonous, and sodium, which is an explosive, and we put them together, and we have sodium chloride, which is table salt. But we couldn't use either one of them alone. So if you're asking about how much calcium, we have to ask ourselves, what kind of calcium is she asking about? If you were to go buy calcium-fortified orange juice, do you have any idea what kind of calcium would be in there?
3: Uh, No, I don't. But I know it would have 300 milligrams, according to the
2: label. (laughs) Usually it would have calcium citrate. Okay. And if you went to a store to buy a calcium supplement, what would you usually buy?
3: Again, don't know. Right. It would be a
2: different salt of calcium. Because there are actually hundreds of different things that calcium can link to to make it biologically available to the human body.
3: Okay, that makes sense.
2: So we have calcium lactate and calcium stearate and calcium ascorbate and calcium citrate and so on and so on and so on.
3: So what you're saying is that that number is based on what it's linked to that you're allowed to take in essentially.
2: No. The no. 300 number that you see on the orange juice is that one form of calcium. The
3: okay, so what was the one on the your 800
2: milligrams of that one form of calcium? You cannot measure the minerals in an herbal infusion because there are hundreds of different forms of calcium. You would have to measure them individually and add them up. A scientific lab is just going to go in and look for one form. Not only that, one form of calcium in your body may or may not be usable by your tissues. Whereas when you drink an infusion that has hundreds of different forms you're definitely getting calcium that's usable by your tissues. I was at a herbal dinner, and I got there a little early, and I went to sit in my place, and there were little place cards, and it said, you know, who you were and what you were. And the place card that was right next to mine said that there was going to be a man sitting next to me whose business was a supplement company. And I thought, oh, this is just awful. I, you know, we do not want to sit together. So I, you know, picked up his card and was walking around the table to see who I wanted to switch with. When he walked in the room, oops, and caught me red-handed in the act. And you know, so what are you doing? I said, I'm switching your face card so that I don't to sit next to you because it's going to be just terrible. And he said, No, no, I asked to sit next to you. I'm like, oh mercy, you know. So, yeah. You know, he started out by saying, listen, I absolutely agree with you. Supplements don't work. I said, what, what? I thought you were in the supplement company. He said, but it's not what you think. And he says, what these are, are not like dehydrated powdered foods or synthetics. These are the actual foods. He says, like to get one dose of vitamin E from my pills, you have to have like like 20 of those pills. So we got to talking about the difference between getting vitamin E from a supplement and getting vitamin E by ingesting high-quality oil that has vitamin E as a natural constituent of it. And I said to him, you know, I tell people that the vitamins and the minerals in nourishing herbal infusions and in wild plants are 10 times more effective than the number that could be ascribed to them. Would you agree with that? He said, no, I wouldn't agree with that. He said they're more like 100 to 1,000 times more effective. He says when you take the alpha-tocopherol, each one of those units of vitamin E absorbs one free radical and is done. But when you take oil that contains all four tocopherols and all four tocotrienols, each unit of that can absorb between 100 and 1,000 oxygen atoms before they're done for. you could have the same number. You take 100 international units of vitamin E, or you get 100 international units of vitamin E in the oil, but the activity in the body is very different.
0: So okay, what, I really, I
2: see what, what I'm trying to tell you in the lightest and most scientific way is you're barking up the wrong tree. You're not going to find it by numbers.
3: So what my what kind of drove me into understanding this is because I learned the information and then I like to apply what I've been learning and see how my body feels. And I do eat all of the nutri- I Like I don't take supplements. I've been trying to get all of my nutrients through plants and foods. And I've been tracking it. And I'm trying to hit all of these daily recommended values. And I'm falling short, which is incredible because I'm like nonstop eating. <laughs> and um, I'm not gaining weight by any means, but I'm just eating so many so plants all day long. What
2: do you, you have long. against animals? Why do you hate animals? I'm sorry?
3: What do you have against
2: <laughs> animals? Why do you hate animals?
3: Oh, I don't.
2: Well, then why won't you oh, let I'm them in your body?
3: Uh, I'm sorry? <clears throat>
8: Excuse me. <coughs> I took a swallow of infusion the
2: wrong way. Oh, it's, yeah. I think you just told me that you won't let animals in your body.
3: Oh no, I do. I I eat animals.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought you said I'm trying to feed myself with plants.
3: Oh yeah, well they have a lot of nutrients in them. But I'm just saying, like I'm eating all of these plants <laughs> and I'm eating okay. all of this. I, so what I was trying also to say is I'm eating, I've been eating, also eating, all, eating like, cheese and yogurt. Things. And meat. Um, I can't eat cheese and yogurt. I do have an egg and dairy allergy, and so I have IBS, and my body just uh, yogurt
2: isn't dairy. Bite. I'm sorry. Yogurt isn't dairy. It's bacteria shit. It's not dairy.
3: Oh well, I guess I could have almond yogurt, almond milk no, yogurt. No, 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 but... real
2: yogurt, not fake yogurt, real yogurt Uh-oh. from a real animal.
3: Yeah, that does it's not settle. It's equally well important
2: that you have a teaspoon of real animal yogurt on a daily basis. You will start absorbing nutrients then. There's, there's a real problem with your absorbing nutrients. And part of it is that you need real animal yogurt in your gut. And part of it is you're probably not cooking your vegetables anywhere near long enough.
3: Um, how long am I supposed to be cooking them? Because I...
2: At least I, an hour.
3: I'll saute. I'll steam. Oh, okay.
2: Kale, better two hours. Collards, better three hours. Let's go back to minerals. Can you tell me how to destroy a mineral? No. There is no way, is there? Is it kind of like, <laughs> if I have a rock with some gold in it, how do I get the gold out?
3: I don't watch that gold digger show. I have no idea.
2: <laughs> I heat it. Because the longer that we heat something, and the more heat we apply, the more minerals we're going to get.
3: So what would be your advice? Because, I mean, it's just not realistic for me to be able to spend this much time planning and dealing with cooking that long. Like, I mean, as much as I'd want to and live in an ideal world, I I really don't have the capacity to do that. So what would you recommend for someone? I hear that
2: you think that you don't, but that, to me, um, begs the question. What I hear you saying is I'm I'm not worth it. Uh, When I worked full-time and my daughter was in my soul care and she went to school, we spent Sunday cooking. And we cooked a pot of grain and we cooked a pot of beans and we made a soup. And we cooked five or six different vegetables. And because we liked to, we made bread. And we had everything we needed for all of our meals for the rest of the week. And if we were really tired, we ate cold food out of the refrigerator. And if we weren't so tired, we'd chop up some onions and garlic and make refried beans and get some corn chips and some cheese and put on our party hats, you know? Because if your health is your priority, then you have the time to do it.
3: Because you make yeah, the time. I've several, like it's you just don't have, frustrating you don't I spend so much spend time hours
2: already. Today, we spend <laughs> five hours once a week. That's not a lot of time. And when people tell me they don't have time, I ask them, you know, what they spend their time on, that they could get a little time.
3: Well, I guess it's like the researching of knowing what. It is you should be cooking and how to like successfully Cook it implement it that like
2: all. Cook it all. Do not eat nothing wrong. Okay. Don't research anything. Your, your your ancestors didn't research food. Your ancestors didn't say what should I eat. Your mind is not designed to tell your body what to eat. Your mind is yeah, the wrong I- tool for yeah. figuring out what to right. eat.
3: Yeah, I can't wrap my mind it. around it, so it makes sense.
2: <laughs> hi, it's a body that you need to ask, hi, what should we eat? And somebody said, well, you know, Susan, the way you talk about it, you could just go out and have a, a cocaine hot fudge vodka Sunday. And I said, that's right, but if you're listening to your body, you would only do that once.
3: <laughs> that would be a very intense Sunday.
2: That's right. And you would say, whoa, I'm never doing that again. I say, don't change your diet. Let your diet change you. Drink your nourishing herbal infusions. Cook your food. Eat as broad a diet as possible. And one of the best suggestions that anybody's ever made is don't eat any food that has ingredients. That in the meals that my daughter and I made for ourselves, there were no ingredients,
3: right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty much how I eat. I just eat like the potato,
2: okay, the meat,
3: you just, the carrot, the almond this.
2: milk, which is loaded with ingredients, some of which are quite nasty.
3: Oh yeah. Well, that's because I couldn't have dairy, but that's I think Always drinking, not drinking.
2: Oh, that stuff. <laughs> just kick it right out of your diet. Get rid of it. If you're not going to do dairy, don't do fake dairy is what I say to people.
3: Why do you say that?
2: Because it has ingredients and those ingredients are not good for you.
3: Okay. I see that approach. I'll give it a try.
2: Give it a try, right? If, you, if you're if you not going to have dairy, then don't have dairy, because I'll tell you, there's a scientist in Boston who has spent his life over 30 years trying to find somebody allergic to dairy, and he's yet to find that person. He has people who... I thought
3: there was a gene that um, makes... There is there's absolutely a gene not. Heard part. of
2: epigenetics? Epigenetics <laughs> means... But although you may have a gene, that gene does not have to express itself. That's true. So he gives people who say, I'm allergic to dairy. I've been told I'm allergic to dairy. I have a dairy allergy. And he gives them for a month either real milk or stuff that's like milk, like what you're talking about, almond, fake milk, right? And he has them keep a diary. And their symptoms are far worse on the fake stuff. In fact, he has yet to find anybody who truly has a dairy allergy. Some people have a hard time with a protein in milk when the milk is pasteurized. But homeopaths, who are some of the fussiest healers around, put their remedies on lactose because no one is allergic to it.
3: Well, from my understanding, it's the, what is it, the methadilation and the the opposite of that so it's like depending on what you're exposed to the gene will like coil or uncoil to express itself so I think that wouldn't it be that's the case that, that sometimes that, people that's can that's have a lactose one, in life. That's but it's over and over in your life
2: it's over and over in your life your body gets to choose over and over again you're not stuck with it it's not like it just happens once yeah. And I'm speaking from experience of working with lots and lots of people who swore up oh. one side, would down the other, that they had a milk allergy, and I said, please, just eat a teaspoon of real animal yogurt, and we'll go from there. And lo and behold, once they start getting stuff without ingredients, their tolerance was able to build. It may or not may or may not be worth it to you, but at least what I'm saying is if you're going to see yourself as someone who's allergic to dairy, then do not have fake dairy.
3: No, I, I see the validity in what you're uh, talking about. Uh, and then back to that original question, if I choose to never have dairy, uh, you would say that the tinctures can be a great substitute for calcium, that's what, the I have, of that was what I
2: have seen is that women with healthy bones get their calcium from white sources and green sources, and that women who do only white sources can usually have pretty healthy bones, but women who do only green sources rarely have really healthy bones. A teaspoon of real animal yogurt a day, it's not much.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, when you've gotten sick for, like, hours after eating dairy, it's hard to consider that option.
2: Yogurt is not dairy. It's bacteria shit. It's not. (laughs) It isn't at all. You take milk, you put bacteria in the milk, the bacteria eat the milk, and they shit out yogurt. It's further from the animal than organic food is, which is grown with animal manure. Okay. Get good quality organic. Go for the best. Clean, <laughs> right? No <laughs> okay. fou in it and no ingredients. Milk and culture. End of discussion.
3: Okay. All right? I'll so call you right.
2: back in a couple of weeks and tell me how you're faring, all right?
3: All right. Well soon as I start I'll give it a couple of weeks and I'll call you back.
2: <laughs> okay, good. Dream blessings, good night.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Susan.
4: All right. The next caller is coming from the 907 area code. Hi, Susan.
0: Hi. Um, hi. I'm not my perky self today. I had to go to the dentist, and he worked on my tooth, and that's not the issue. It's my cheek. I'm, like, in frigging agony. And I was just wondering, what would you recommend to, like, Ease this
2: pain. Tell me a little more. Is it the cheek on the side where the dentist worked on your tooth?
0: Yes. Yeah, well, what happened was a couple days ago I had like a Thai soup, and several things happened with that soup. Um, one, there was some, something in it that like irritated my mouth, and that was one. And then I burnt my mouth on the soup. And then I bit my cheek. And then today I had the injection. <laughs> I, I just so I I'm like in agony. It's like my ear hurts. It's, uh, <sighs> I don't know what to put on it or how to handle this pain. And I never I, have this.
2: To I, totally, I totally hear you. So <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but I believe that Thai food has a lot of hot pepper in it.
0: Yeah, it had hot, hot pepper and some type of... So we need
2: look no further for what irritated and hurt your mouth, the hot pepper did.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's...
2: And my, then, my... let's see, now, you the soup is too hot, so you burned your tissue, so now we're rubbing hot pepper into burned tissue.
0: Right, and then I bit...
2: My and cheek. then, of course, there was an absolute wound there, but that was probably in a different part of your mouth.
0: Right, but it's yeah, it's all in the same vicinity.
2: All in the people. same vicinity, but a somewhat different part of your mouth. And then no. you received an injection of Novocaine. Yes. But usually in the gum, not in the cheek.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. It would be in the... Yeah, you're right. Holy smokes, the guy, the guy is so good. I don't even. I didn't even feel where he put it. I thought he put it in the cheek. Oh my god. Okay.
2: All right. No, the injection so would I'm, go in the gum, right, to numb the area where he's going to work on the tooth.
0: Yeah. Right. The upper. Yeah. The upper part.
2: Yes. Right. Now, yes. what can happen to people because Dovacaine now has epinephrine in it? is that you can get a pretty intense local swelling response as that injection wears off. Yeah, this is swelling and throbbing. Yeah. And I think that's why your ear feels involved too. So, what do we know about pain relief? Both hot and cold can relieve pain. Okay. So some pain is better relieved by a bag of frozen peas or a bag of frozen cranberries. And some pain is better relieved by a heating pad or a hot compress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In general, swellings, we think of, oh, let's put ice on it to bring it down. But in this case, heat might be better you'll know almost instantly which one is going to be right for you. Okay. Herbs that reduce the sensation of pain include herbs like Skullcap, if you have Skullcap in on hand.
3: Yes, <laughs> when I do.
2: Just, when Justine had her wisdom teeth taken out, she used Skullcap very successfully to deal with her oral and dental pain. CBD tincture and CBD oil taken internally have been used very successfully to deal with pain. Although, occasionally, people get more sensitive or more aware, perhaps. to Are you still there? Yes. Okay, good. I was just hearing a lot of tickling on the line, so I wasn't sure if you were still there.
0: Oh, yeah, I hear that. I don't know what that is.
2: Somebody playing the (laughs) marimba. Unmute. (laughs) That's Uh, what I want to (laughs) hear. Right. You know, lidocaine is also a girl's best friend. I'm a very big fan of lidocaine when the other things are not touching your pain. And you can go to any drugstore and you can buy lidocaine in just about any form you want. You can buy it roll on, you can buy it rub on, you can buy patches. Okay. okay. But hopefully, you'll have some things that you can do at home. We started with the easiest one hot or cold, and then herbs that at this point you need to have on hand because by the time you would get them, if you don't have them on hand, the pain would be long gone. Um, do something that you could you know, possibly go out and get tomorrow if you're still in pain. I would also keep a careful check to make sure that there's no infection in that area from the multiple contusions that have happened there. And if you think that's a possibility, it's not a bad idea to take a little echinacea.
0: Okay, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Okay, I will do that. And I want to mention something um, that you, you were just talking about with that woman about the um, cooking your vegetables. Um, it's so important to cook the vegetables because a lot of those vegetables have goitogens. And so many people eat raw kale and all that stuff. And eating the raw kale and the goitogenic Vegetables is really bad on the thyroid.
2: I, I just Every, wanted
0: to throw that in.
2: Yes, everything in the cabbage family, from raw cabbage right on to raw broccoli, raw cauliflower, raw kale, and so on. You're so right. Thank you for yeah, bringing I, that
0: up. Yeah, that's, really, that's so important. <laughs> so. Okay, Susan, thank you so much. I'm going to do that because... Uh, May your pain
2: go away fast. Thank you and dream blessings.
0: Good night.
4: Good night. The next caller is coming from the two zero one area code.
5: Hello, Susan. Hi. Hi. Um, I had a question not about herbs, but about archetypes that I thought you might be able to answer for me Um, so when I was taught archetypes I was told there was 12 of them but when I've looked into the Gardasock types I only see 7 and I was wondering if you might explain to me why there's these two different numbers that I'm coming across
2: I'm sorry who said that there were 12 archetypes
5: well, when I was introduced to them, I was introduced to the to the um, archetypes that Jung had laid out. So this was my introduction to it, and and since then um, I I've been. Don't think we need. To look any, I don't more. think
2: we need to look any further. Then, Our, Jung says there's twelve. Someone hmm. else says there's seven. I hmm. would say that I know. Oh gosh, and have encountered maybe. Mm, two to three hundred different archetypes.
5: Okay, I see. Okay. So, depending on who you ask, they'll um, break them down and categorize them differently, more generally, more specifically, like this, depending on who it is.
2: Exactly. Okay. So you Thank might you. say you might say the goddess is an archetype and I would say, Oh, Isis is an archetype and Diana is an archetype and Ishelle is an archetype, right? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I and I think okay. where where I see people really getting benefit from this is adopting a personal archetype. It was one of the assignments that Jean Hustis gave us in our three year course of the development of human capacities that we did with her, which was after lunch, appear as your favorite archetype. You had to travel with a trunk of costumes to, to these events <coughs> the, that we did over the three years with her so that you would be sure to be able to follow her whims. <laughs> if somebody showed up as oh, a my. spiral, and they said, "I, you know, I am the archetype of the spiral." Many people showed up. You know, as Greek or Roman gods or goddesses. A few people showed mm-hmm. up. As how many Hindu deities are there? Each one of those is an archetype, right? Many,
5: many deities there. Yeah.
2: Yes. 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 So and
5: those.
2: It's. Those, it, it, those are all considered archetypes. Each of the elements could be considered an archetype. It, right. So it's. It's. What's your relationship to it? What? How do you benefit from it? I assign each apprentice who lives with me to choose a goddess archetype and to see what that goddess has to tell her about how to live the big decisions when she gets to places that seem scary, that the archetype is on your side. Not just some mental image of archetypes out there in the universe. There are twelve archetypes, but there's this one archetype that really informs me. Does that make sense to you? Uh,
5: Yes, this makes sense. Um, Not uh, it it, is. Excuse me. Yes, this makes sense, including the uh, the project the woman had you work on uh, of dressing like this. It is um, similar to how I came. Uh, to analyze these more personally as someone said to uh, make a poster of my archetype to uh, view and to meditate on like you're you're talking about taking on this uh, personal relationship with. And that's uh, what brought me to looking into them most recently and trying to um, see where I felt comfortable and uh, which archetype I felt comfortable with. And so it was a bit... Um, Confusing, but you seem to uh, make it less so.
2: Oh, I'm so glad. I was part of a, a group of women who worked for seven years with Jean Shinoda Boland's book, Goddess in Every Woman. And she talks about seven goddess archetypes. Um, they're all Greek and Roman, right? So mm. archetypes from you know from that system. She doesn't include goddesses from other um, places. And so what we did was we gathered together for a week each year, for seven days each year, for seven years, and w- each one of the days of the week was devoted to one of the goddesses, and each week of the seven years was devoted to one of the goddesses. So we might have a week which was devoted to Artemis, and there would be a Hera Day within Artemis Week. And we would look at and the relationship Hera and Artemis had. And then, of course, we would have Artemis Day and Artemis Week, and we would have a very, very big ceremony. And <laughs> in doing this, we helped to train ourselves to understand archetypes and archetypes within ourselves and others and how to generate the. Secundity of archetypes um, into people's grasp,
6: mm.
2: so that it wasn't just a mental exercise, but exactly as you're doing to to actually make it real. And that was one of the things we did. We got um, you know long rolls of paper, and we laid down on them and traced each other's outlines, and then we drew ourselves as goddesses. Mm we didn't just make up a shape of the goddess, we used our own body.
5: And it must be amazing to uh, have a group to bathe yourself in this type of uh, creative energy with. Sounds we, like didn't a very just have it. we didn't just have it, we made it. Well, we, yes, yes.
2: yes it, we found each other and we said we want to do this work and um, I know that, that there are hundreds of thousands of small women's circles meeting and doing work like this. If that's that's what you want is other women to work with, I know they will appear in your life.
5: Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's nice to work with women. Sometimes it's just nice to work with people in general. But uh, having these uh, larger or smaller groups, uh, finding them can be uh, tricky but rather rewarding, yes. So uh, I will have to pursue doing this. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. Thanks for your call.
4: Green blessings.
5: Green blessings.
4: So it looks like we have two more callers before our guest arrives. And the next caller is in about 10 minutes until she arrives. And our next caller is coming from the 919 area. code. Okay.
6: Hello. Hello. Hello Susan. Um I've been wanting advice on these experiences I've been having of seizure-like panic attack episodes that I can't quite explain why they're happening. Um So
2: when you say seizure-like panic attacks are you saying that you are n- knocked to the ground and rendered unconscious?
6: Not unconscious, but knocked to the ground, like a uh, shaking of the body to the point of not being able to stand and uh, like twitching of the eyes and uh, hyperventilating.
2: And... Do you have any ways to help yourself in that state, or do you need to have someone there to help you?
6: Um, I do visualize light and healing and prayers, but it does help to have others there also. Um, I have valerian tincture, but I'm not always able to reach for it in that state, or CBD as well. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's why I was asking. I worked with other people who actually have had seizures, and they found it uh, m- very important to um, always have someone with them. Okay. Um, since you're not having, you know, all-out seizures, it's not quite as bad. Of course, their lives were in direct threat if they had a grand mal seizure and there wasn't someone there to help. Take care of them. I believe, but I certainly am far from any kind of expert on it, that um, people use cannabis, and not necessarily CBD, but cannabis, to help prevent seizures. Okay. So not just at the time when it's happening, when, as you say, it can be very difficult to get hold of. But um, continuously, I know that so far the only drug made from cannabis that's been approved is an anti-seizure drug. Oh, okay. And it's not made from CBD.
6: Okay. So you'd recommend smoking it directly before if I feel uh, feel it approaching.
2: Actually, on a daily basis. Okay. To help to retrain your brain and your nervous system. And if smoking isn't appropriate or difficult, then um, taking a full spectrum cannabis tincture can be used instead. Small doses can be. Enough to help change or prevent what's going on um, that's triggering this, that's causing these effects. Okay. Yeah. Again, each person and each person's body is going to respond slightly differently. And cannabis itself is extremely variable, both in the many breeds, like. Think of different dog breeds like Dachshunds and St. Bernards. Cannabis could be like that. Um, So if you're in a state where you have pretty easy access, it's worth trying some different types Mm -hmm. and different breeds to find what I think of as the terpene pattern that's the key that fits the lock in your brain. Mm -hmm.
6: Yeah, that does sound possible. I think I do have access.
2: Great. I would be Mm -hmm. very curious to know how you fare if you could call back after some while, whatever while you want it to be.
6: All right. Wonderful. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Green blessings.
6: Green blessings.
4: The next caller is coming from the
0: 845 area code. Oh, hi, Susan. Hi. Hello? Hi.
2: hi. Um, What's up tonight? Speaker.
9: I'm going to be uh, caring for my grandson shortly, and I want to switch him off of the formula. He was never breastfed. Um he'll be one month old on the second, and um probably about a week after that and i um i I so far um was sort of interested in um the skin milk product <clears throat> excuse me from Switzerland. And I do think there's ingredients added in. I'm not sure exactly what, but they really recommend a probiotic. And, of course, they sell one. But, um, you know, fresh uh, milk seems to be more wholesome, and um, I'm pretty sure you can't do uh, um, pasteurized right away. So, I mean, do you have any experience with this? Because I breastfed, so I do not.
2: The experience that I have is with a local couple who decided to feed the little infant that they adopted goat's milk.
9: I thought you might say that. I thought I might have even
2: um, heard you say this once. And she did wind up with a deficiency, which was pretty easily countered, I think, when she was about eight or nine months old. Okay. Um,
9: Do you remember what decision
0: they
2: Rather than buying the milk pre-pasteurized, they were able to access milk that hadn't been pasteurized, and they pasteurized it themselves so that it could, uh, they felt that they had more control over it.
9: I see. Yeah, I like that
2: idea. And they wanted it warm to feed to the infant anyhow. Right. right, right. so, so they like would the infusion, you know, make yeah. it hot enough to kill any bacteria yeah. and then let it cool down until yeah. it was the right temperature. It's, you know, it's fussy and it's tricky, and people like formula because it's like, oh, you know, it's so easy and you just stick it in the microwave. And if you're, you know, if you're really busy, well, that can be really understandable. Not everybody has time to, you know, fuss and so on. In some places, in some places, there are breast milk banks.
9: Oh, I didn't even think of that.
2: that And I'm not sure, you know, what the viability of that is, or but Mm -hmm. if if I were taking on the care of an infant, I would check it out just to find out if I had any
6: the breast milk.
9: I absolutely will, and if I needed to purchase the um pasteurized goat's milk, Could I do that? Um like in the house. Yeah,
2: most, um, most adults will not drink pasteurized goat's milk. It doesn't taste good and I so I doubt a baby will. Eat so it. Right, right,
9: right. I ask you know, did you
2: before you feed the baby anything, taste it yourself. And if it's did not you
4: can I ask if you mentioned um, – have you mentioned Sally Fallon's uh, uh, formula recipe before?
2: Tell us more. Have you, have you looked at that?
4: Um, she makes it with uh, – let me see if I can look it on here. I, I had recommended and it before. Which of her so books is her, it in? Is it in Nourishing Traditions? It is in Nourishing Traditions, and it's also in the Baby and Child Care book that she does, the Purple Book. And you can also access it online. I have looked it up online, Um, and I think it's just under Sally Fallon Baby Formula Recipe. And it's all whole foods and... Um, She has several different ones, like, based off of, like, liver, I believe, and then some, like, raw milk formula, and some of them have, like, bone, like, different bone broth, but also with some, like, additives of other things in there that are all, um, you know, her style of being, like, deeply nourishing. And, yeah, she has a healthy baby gallery that she posts with, and she fed her children this because she had a hard time producing breast milk herself. So that's why she developed this uh, formula. So it's, it looks really good. I've, I've seen uh, people use it with success too. So I think that, you know, babies thrive off of it. And she does a nutritional profile also that shows like, you know, the comparison between breast milk and um, commercial formula, and then also her formula. And so you can see like what the you know, like what what's in it and what it's made of, and yeah, so that's something to check out too. Oh, okay, it does, Rebecca. it, it does take delicious. some effort I to gather some. all the ingredients, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's well worth the effort when you're feeding a baby, you know. So
2: yeah, and just with good that, good. I'm going to say, Green Blessings, thank you for your call, okay. and you. welcome, Kathleen Gubito.
10: Hello,
4: Susan. Oh, sorry. I muted the wrong 845 number. Sorry, Susan. <laughs> Hold on one second. There you are. <laughs> okay. You got For over, over two, two Susan, decades,
2: Susan. Kathleen Gubitosi, M.A., has supported women who desire to align with their inner truth, step into their intuitive feminine power, and live the life of their dreams by connecting to the most potent gift on earth their voices. An award-winning businesswoman, performance coach, Reiki master, professional tarot consultant, contributing author to two best-selling books, expert instructor for Inspired Living University, and creatrix of the magic of voice alchemy, Kathleen is sought a sought-after speaker on both live and virtual stages, sharing her message of feminine empowerment through voice and the metaphysical arts. Welcome, Kathleen.
10: Oh, thank you so much, Susan. It's a pleasure to be here. I I've so enjoyed the conversation this evening. It's been fascinating.
2: Oh, wow. Incredible. So you see yourself as straddling the metaphysical to the physical world. Is that true?
10: Yes, that's absolutely true. I try to combine um, all of the things that I love into my work. Part of it is music, part of it is public speaking, acting, the theater, also tarot, uh, energy balancing, color therapy. You were talking earlier at the very beginning about using color with people who suffer from anxiety. I do the same thing.
2: Amazing how well it works, isn't it?
10: It is. It's fascinating. It's exactly the way you said. The mind cannot focus on more than one thing at a time. And if you give it a color that it likes, then the brain will relax and you can move past your stage fright and your anxiety and help to be successful. And you can also do it on purpose, as you were saying. Uh, Part of my work is to focus on a color that gives the emotional experience you want your audience to have. So, uh, for example, I had a client who came from a large Italian family here, and I'm in downstate New York. Uh, So I'm in the same, same state as you, and big Italian enclave here, including myself. And she had a lot of siblings, and they were always fighting over food at the table and trying to be heard. So she started a business, and beautiful home decor. The only problem is anytime a customer came up to ask her about her home decor, she would start talking at them like this, Susan. Well, you know, this is beautiful. I made it out of this and that material and, you know, blah, 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 and on and on and on and on. What happens? Other people have an immediate emotional response just to the sound of your voice, not even the words you're saying. That's a whole other issue. But she needed to get past that. And I said, Well, how would you like the sound? And she said, I would like to sound controlled, professional, like I got it all together, really powerful, but in that receptive, feminine way. And so I had her imagine what, close her eyes and imagine what color gave her that feeling of being powerful in the receptive feminine way. And she said blue. And then I did a visualization similar to what you discussed at the very beginning of tonight. And I had her bring the blue color right into her throat chakra area. And with her eyes closed, I asked her to take a slow inhale and on the exhale say, Hi, Kathleen, how are you? And the sound of her voice changed immediately because of her emotional connection to the color.
2: Fascinating. Just fascinating. Now, you said a trigger word for me, so let's just take Mm -hmm. one short minute to talk about the thing that I think is extremely important. Feminine is a cultural construct. And it changes enormously from era to era. So no one has feminine intuition because those two things are actually mutually contradictory. A hundred years ago, little girls were dressed in blue because it was a calm color. And little boys were dressed in pink because it was a masculine color because it's like light red. So when you're talking about my feminine intuition or my (laughs) feminine this or my feminine that, I... (laughs) I, I see um, uh, colors that I don't like because I don't, uh, I don't uh, fit this society's definition of feminine, but I am all female, and I have female intuition, and I have female power because every cell in my body is XX.
10: Yes, yes, and with, with every person, the vocabulary is slightly different. And no, it's color, not. I'm sorry. Well, color is just, a symbol. I, wait, wait, wait. You
0: know, I,
2: I, I'm
10: sorry. It's not
2: true. Symbol. Kathleen, please stop. It's simply not true. Feminine is a cultural construct. It always will be. Female is a physical reality, and that is the truth. It's not any way we want to make it. This is not up for grabs. Oh,
10: no, I... I I understand what you're saying. I do. I, I think that I'm talking about describing it um, in the context of how each individual client I'm working with can relate to it, finding a way
2: from them. Female is the inclusive word. It includes male, F E M A L E, female. A female power can be had by females and males. Feminine oh, is yeah. only... It's only girls and it's only for this era and this construct. So mm-hmm. my preference, if at all possible, is that we talk about mm-hmm. female power rather okay. than rather yeah. than feminine and especially when it comes to giving women their voices back, which I think mm-hmm. is so important. Tell us about that.
5: It's, it's
10: it's it is so important because a lot of the uh Current events throughout the ages, as women become more powerful, there's a backlash toward women. And sometimes this can be seen in marketing. We get a lot of power and all of a sudden a a certain shape is popular, as if to subconsciously tell us that we are not all female, we are not all powerful as our individual selves. And we must maintain some type of ideal, or we may have to you know sit in the corner and shut up and you don't you don't know what you're talking about when you obviously do because you have the qualifications for it, and fighting against those uh, ways in which we are socialized in communities today so talking about our female power and getting through the anxiety for some people is what it is, getting through the fears uh, that may not necessarily lead to anxiety, but there may be other fears, maybe a physical fear that we have to deal with because it's been stored somewhere in the somatic memory of the body, or it could be causing an energy block. And so I use the voice as a way of releasing that. And I start with very simple things
6: Uh, embryonic
10: sounds, the sounds that babies would make, sighing, yawning. These are things that any human can do, they don't require any special training. And a lot of people think when they hear voice work, they think, singing, I have to sing. And singing is different than speaking. Well, it's a different way of using your voice. But when you think about the fact that humans are very similar to uh, bees and that we shouldn't be able to speak, just like a bee shouldn't be able to fly because its body weight uh, is not supposed to be carried by its wings. So the fact that we can talk at all is a miracle. The fact that people can sing and make sounds and enjoy that and express themselves without fear in any situation is really what my work is about and what I think a lot of us in the work of feminine power are about. And I think for for each person... That's a little different. My my idea of who I am, obviously, I, I'm not you. You're not me. We are all different, but we are all powerful people, and we should be free to be powerful. Can I make and
2: sense? Yes, and the voice is a way to find that power for ourselves and to find a way to... Use that power in the greater world,
10: yeah, and and to to be of of service to other people uh, in, in the best way for the highest good of ourselves and our community.
2: Is that where the magic of voice alchemy comes in?
10: yes that is, that is the magic of voice alchemy. Uh, I am a classically trained musician. I grew up in a musical family. My parents were both music teachers. And I, I am an old-fashioned singing teacher, so I I bring that to my work. I'm also someone who has uh, suffered injuries. There was a caller earlier who was talking about her, her pain in her face, and it immediately reminded me of uh, having suffered a very, very bad accident and having horrible TMJ. My career was at an end. So my voice was stifled because I lost my career. And thinking about the other woman who called who said she was having trouble with her hip and she's doing Feldenkrais exercises. I said, oh, I know what that is. And myofascial release and massage therapy. I'm not a massage therapist. I don't do that. But the holistic aspect of the voice, as well as we're talking about the archetypes, the subconscious, making those things real for women. I was blessed as a young woman to have powerful women in my family. My mother is a powerful woman. Both of my grandmothers were powerful women. So I had role models for that. And I had strong men also in my family. And to be able to see them working together in partnership was a wonderful thing to experience as a child growing up. And many of my friends did not have those same experiences that I did. And the archetypes of the goddess work come from my childhood. I would go to the library. I'd beg my mother, take me to the library every day. No, I read all these books you got me yesterday, Ma. I got to go back, you know, and and reading stories of strong women and trying to make that real, as you were saying, living the archetype.
2: Wow. So the living the archetype, and I'm seeing that you have inspired Inspired the Living University, or you work at the Living University. Can you tell us more about that?:
10: Yes, yes. I do I teach online for the Inspired Living University, and I have several video courses in the curriculum. Uh, there is a class about how to activate your throat chakra to bring your dreams to life, because I believe that your throat chakra, the chakra of sound, really is your creation center. I know a lot of women think of the sacral chakra, you know, the womb space being creation, and not saying that it's not, but our, our thoughts, our words, our ideas, and bringing them to life, to manifestation, come from the chakra of sound. Somehow we get those waves out into the world for the greater good of ourselves and, and everyone else. I have a class about uh, the archetypes and using the days of the week for the different goddess archetypes to try and make it easier for women to understand. We were talking about, well, Jung has 12 archetypes and somebody else teaches seven archetypes. Well, I don't necessarily believe that. I believe as you do. There are hundreds and hundreds of archetypes from pantheons all over the world. And we need to experience, all of them. So I start out very simply for women who uh, may not be familiar with the goddess path and relating it to the days of the week. I relate voice work to the human growth cycle. I combine that with my experience in Tarot, which is connected to the elements of earth, air, fire, and water, and the elemental directions. And I kind of pour it all together. That's why I call it alchemy.
2: That's why you call it alchemy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because,
2: Transformation. You, mixed, because you mixed it all together.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yes.
10: And I, I'm also someone who spent a lot of time running from her destiny. My calling is to be a teacher. I didn't want to be a teacher. It wasn't glamorous. I wanted to be, you know, movie star. But at heart, I'm a teacher. And whenever I've been called to go into a meditative state to connect to my calling, teacher always is the first thing that comes up. So I can relate to women who maybe haven't found themselves or are unsure of their direction in life. Some of us, we know right away this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm going, don't get in my way. And others, we kind of wander. We wander through the path and we look here and we look there. And a little bit of each of those things that we look at becomes a part of us. So that we, in a way, we build our own archetype. Am I making sense?
2: That's a beautiful, beautiful way to put it, so that as we learn more about other archetypes, we can recognize those places and pieces within ourselves and live more and more as our own archetype.
10: Yes, yes, absolutely.
2: And we do that in a variety of ways. What's the best piece of health advice that you've ever been given?
10: Oh, never give up. Uh, today is a special day for me. 29 years in remission from Crohn's disease. I have no sign of disease after 29 years. That is... Hooray! Hooray! Yep. The, the organic food, the infusion, uh, finding a, a wonderful herbalist here uh, in my community on Long Island. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. Uh, but she was a life changer for me, and I had gone from one person to another to another. They each had a little piece of the puzzle, but she was able to bring it all together, and I learned so much from her, and it, it just it's such a blessing to be here today and to be speaking with you.
2: Um, you know. Oh, yes. I'm so I'm so moved by what you're saying. Wow. How
10: special? How
2: extraordinary! Never give up.
10: Never give up. Never give up. Keep keep looking, and your food is medicine. The earth is your medicine. Mm.
2: And and I
10: know that you know that. I know your audience knows that. But uh, that's something that I tell everyone.
2: The, it's important the earth for us important for us to hear it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a special daily habit or two that you could share with us?
10: Um, I do. Uh, the most important thing that I do is I make sure that I drink enough water. So I have that with my, my infusion tea and a lot of pure water. And in terms of my voice, because I'm always using my voice, we're speaking on the radio, I'm speaking to classes, I'm doing workshops, uh, private clients, warming up your voice every day. It's something that a lot of us don't think about, but you wouldn't just get up and run a marathon without training and warming up and stretching. Why would you put your voice through that all day?
2: It's so so true. That's so true. You're a little bit behind the times, however, because more recent studies have shown that water does not hydrate at all. And so I'm absolutely against people drinking water. Really? Yes. In fact, there's a book out called Quench, which suggests that we get most of our moisture from moist fruits and vegetables.
4: Vegetables. Mm
2: -hmm. Also, look at what we've done to the planet by encouraging people to drink water. The planet is now littered with plastic water bottles.
10: That's true. Those plastic bottles are disgraceful.
2: So let's stop drinking water. So when you say infusion, you know I have mm-hmm. a special way of making a nourishing herbal infusion. Is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. or Are you talking about an herbal tea?
10: No, more of an, an herbal tea, mm-hmm. uh, not as, as in one of your special infusions. That, or I—that's what I,
2: I, I what I suggest the people. That that's what I suggest people drink instead of water. Make yourself a quart of nourishing herbal infusion by weighing out one ounce of dried herb, pouring a quart of boiling water over it or stirring it into a quart of boiling water, whichever works for you, letting it steep overnight or for four hours, straining it, refrigerating it. And you drink that quart of nourishing herbal infusion because it's loaded with vitamins and minerals and plant compounds like polyphenols and antioxidants, it actually goes into your cells and hydrates them, whereas in a 13 different liquids, water was the least hydrating of all the liquids they tested.
0: Really?
2: Your cells are surrounded by lipids, by fats, and water and fats. That's true,
10: by fats, yes.
2: So you can't hydrate your cells with water?
10: I never thought of it that way, but yes.
2: So give up your water, drink nourishing herbal infusions, you know, herbal teas are fun, they're fine, but they can't begin to compare to nourishing herbal infusions. Mm. I think you'd be really surprised at what happens yeah. as you move into them, especially because of your metaphysical mm. background and you'll be able to really, you know, understand the very nature of the herbs the that nature uh, the, herbs. the nature of the herbs. It's interesting that Mm -hmm. you've used alchemy in such a modern way because, of course, alchemy originally meant to take things into pieces and tear them apart.
5: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So you've used it in in the opposite way of bringing things together to bring together all of the wonderful and varied things that you have expertise in. If people are interested in getting Mm -hmm. in touch with you, Kathleen, what's the best way for them to Mm -hmm. do that? Um,
10: the best way to do that would be they, they could message me through my uh, website, KathleenGubitosi.com. It's just my name, .com. I also have a Facebook group that's called Voice Alchemy. They can find me there. And I also have a business page on Facebook.
2: And the business page is Voice Alchemy?
10: Uh, the business page is just my name, but the group is uh, Voice Alchemy. And it's a free group. Anyone can join. There's no charge. And I do do free classes uh, in there once a quarter, little videos. I post
2: videos. Oh, thank you. That is so wonderful. Now, let's see, you told us that um, your voice career was ruined because you were in an accident that left you with incredible pain in your jaw but here you yes. are teaching people how to use their voices. What, mm-hmm. what happened in between?
0: Uh, uh,
10: Eleven years of going, going back to the way I was taught. I was blessed to have very, very good teachers in my young life, and I was so hurt that my, my neck muscles, the tendons, the ligaments were not strong enough to hold up the weight of my head. But I did not want to wear a brace because wearing the brace would make your muscles get lax instead of relearning how the body should be. So I did Feldenkrais. I did other fascial stretching. I did passive stretching, massage therapy. I went back to the classical voice work um, after about five years. I went and saw a specialist for uh, TMJ, and I had a bite plate put in there, kind of like a splint for your jaw to take some of the pressure off while I was recovering. And, again, a lot of visualization, a lot of determination, and then I had to test myself, and I tried out for a local play. I hadn't been in a show in many, many years, and they took me, and that was my test. Can I make it through a rehearsal, period, and see if I can do this? And I took it it from there.
0: Wow. Yeah. I am not
10: not totally pain-free. I still have a twinge here and there. But for the most part, it, it does not bother me. And I sing. I use my voice to help build bridges in my community. And that's my way of saving lives.
2: What a wonderful way of saving lives. You told us mm-hmm. about Voice Alchemy and how to get in touch with you. Does that mm-hmm. also get us in touch with the Inspired Living University? Is that another place?
10: Oh, no. The, the Inspired Living University is its own website.
2: So okay. So if we want yeah. to go there, we go to Inspired Living University, and we can yeah. find things that you do there as well as going to Vol. Voice Alchemy, or K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N, Kathleen Gubitosi, G-U-B-I-T-O-S-I. Well, you are so fascinating. And you have so many wonderful things to share with us, but it's a blog talk show, and you know they slam that door on us really hard. They don't give us an extra second at all. So it's come to that point in the show where I ask you, what would you like to leave in the hearts and the minds of everyone who's listening to you right now?
10: I would like to let them know that the most important thing that they can ever do for themselves is to learn and and their their children their family their community is to learn how to use their voice effectively because that's how we persuade others and we can really get anywhere and make our dreams come true
2: thank you and i am really going to explore coloring my voice mm-hmm. what a brilliant i Oh, thank you, Kathleen Gutosi, for the beautiful fibers that you are adding to the task of reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients. I appreciate your efforts. And, Rebecca, I appreciate you, too, together. We have restored herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. Green blessings, everybody. We'll be here again next week. Good night.
4: Good night. Green blessings, everyone.